Hello and welcome to Elite Team Leadership. I wish you a PM. I'm really excited today to have Dion Finicario with me, um, ultra marathon man, and uh, we're going to go through today some um, key uh, success tips from him, um, how he's achieved over the past particularly 12 months uh, with a recent performance breaking the national record uh, for the six yeah, the hour Australian, record, Australian yeah. national record for the six hour track race. Now, for you out there who don't know what this is, this basically is six hours of running around an athletic track, a 400 meter athletic track, um, and seeing how far you could go in six hours. Now, Dion, welcome. Hey, how are you going? Good, good. Now, just with that six hour run, um, how was how was that? Uh, how did you go about that? And how did you find that race? And and and, and what made you want to take part in such an event like that? Um, well, to start, it was it was a challenge, and it's not something that you'd want to do every day. But um, it's just one of those challenges that is not only physically, but it's also mentally tough. Just with you're running around a 400 meter circle, and you're trying to get as many kilometers as you can. So. Um, like I, w I wanted to do it to see how far I could go and a few of my friends have done it the year before so I just wanted to I guess compare myself and, and see where I, I measured up with my fitness so um, that's a brief part of it and yeah that's about it. Yeah. So, so your friends um, in the past have done this track race before or just people you knew of? Uh, friends friends um, of mine that we're in the Oxfam team together, so yep. all three of my other teammates did this race last year. Yes. And um, one of them also did the 24-hour event as well, so... So 24 hours of running around, that Yeah. Wow. So they do a 6 and a 24-hour event, but um, they're different dates, so the 24-hour will be maybe this or uh, next month. So in a, just, just going into a 6-hour race or a 24... How many people are actually on the start line to these events? Uh, for the six-hour event, uh, there was about forty-five. They keep the forty-five people. That's they, a lot. They, they keep the um, the competitors low because it gets pretty um, pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the, if, if they have like a six-hour walk and a six-hour run, and then they make the walk people um, start in lane three, and they just al allocate an extra fourteen meters per lap. Yeah. But the uh, six-hour run they get the lanes one and two, and then um, just when you're overtaking people, you just go out into lane two and then come back. So I spent a lot of the day in lane two, but yeah. <laughs> so with, so just walk me or run me through the six hour run. Um, so you take off, now you've obviously got a set plan on how fast you're gonna go out, and are you keeping track of your pace on a lap, like every 400 meters, or are you, just, just running how you're feeling. Um, so describe your, your mindset going through. Oh, it was actually a, a tough one because um, I sort of had a, a plan that I wanted to run 4.30s, which was a comfortable running pace for me. But um, I ended up forgetting my watch. So the night before I'd... Um, you got your watch? Yeah, the, the night before I'd um, got all of my nutrition all done and um, everything was ready to go. Like I had prepared perfectly. I'd had a good dinner and I've had um, all my bag packed with all my um, clothes and goods and spare clothes because I had to go to work straight after but then um, oh wait so you had to, you do the six hour run and you're going to work straight after yeah <laughs> and what was your 
So, and what sort of work were you doing afterwards? Please tell me you were sitting down. No, I was chefing in the kitchen. You were chefing, standing up. So you you ran a six-hour track race, and then you got to chef and stand up in the kitchen. Yeah, so the 6 a.m. start for the uh, six-hour run. So I finished at 12, and then I had to get to work. Um, So I had to drive about an hour to get to work, and then um, then standing up until about 10.30, working in the kitchen. And it was the day before a public holiday, so it was really busy as well. But... um, I think it was probably good that it was busy because I didn't feel so tired. It's unbelievable. But some people would go for a, um, any sort of little run and they would happily take the rest of the afternoon off, yeah. if not the week off, and you've managed to go to work yeah. all afternoon. It's been a, a thing of mine having to work after doing marathons here and there. and like I've, like That's the longest I've, I've ran before work. Like I've done a couple of times, like 50 and 60, and, and then worked. Yeah. But not at that pace either. I averaged like four fourteens for the six hours, and yeah, just to get to work afterwards. Like I had my my compression on underneath my work pants, and just just um you know just trying to do anything I could to to get through, I guess. But yeah, I got to work, and I sort of ate whatever I felt like, and I had had a couple of um, like salt and vinegar chips afterwards yep. I sort of treat myself after some long events like, like that unbelievable so and it's good to get like some salt back in the body as well so for folks out there listening and I guess you know you've got a six hour run and you know you are un- you're putting yourself under you know duress for a long time and like I'm guessing you, you start to feel it particularly probably the second half of the, of the run what sort of strategies have you put in place to maintain your motivation, enthusiasm, and and blocking out the the physical the physical challenges as they continue to rise? Because I'm sure they do get more stressful as the distance goes on. And and what have you got in place to handle yeah. that sort of um, um, challenges? Well, firstly, I, I had like a goal that I wanted to finish a bit stronger than I started. Yep. And then also there was a guy. Out um, ahead of me for, for like the majority of the race and so I sort of made a mental goal that by the end I wanted to catch him yes. and um, I knew that if I held my pace back a bit I would probably catch him because he was going pretty quick yep. and um, by about four hours in to the race he had about three laps more than I did Really? and then um, I just knew that I had, I had the endurance and um, I just stick to my plan and because I was already running a bit quicker than I was supposed to because I didn't have my watch and yes. I wanted to catch this other guy. Yeah. And um yeah, just just drawing drawing from that to, to go a bit faster. Also knowing my limits that I couldn't go with him at the start. So I, I had held back but um and then just passing other competitors, you know, cheering them on like we're all out there together and so we all cheer each other and it's a very individual sport so whenever you can really so you so you get that sort of camaraderie between the other athletes and yeah we're all you know I guess. everyone's there with their different goals and one guy wanted to beat an age group record another guy wanted to run 100 kilometers another guy wanted to to um qualify for the world championships for the 100 kilometers as well so lots of different goals and so you sort of know that we're all there with, for a reason. We're not just there to muck around, like. Yeah. And then we also want to have fun as well. So yeah. it can be a bit lonely when you're feeling a bit tired and yep. 
um, you go a bit quiet, but that's why we all cheer each other on, like, it's just to make it a bit easier for each other. So, I guess when you're out there, you really are trying, to, is a, I guess trying to have that fun and, and, and you know, cheering people on is obviously a key strategy. Um, and I noticed there you said you stick to your plan, so that, so having a plan for such a challenging event, um, and you sort of stuck to that no matter what because you said the other guy's got three laps ahead of you four hours in, um, and yet you come over the top of him over the last couple of hours. Yeah, so I had I had a, a goal that I wanted to run around 80 kilometers, and I knew that going any further would be a bit of a, a bonus, so I was well on track for that, so I, I just wanted to, um, to stick to what I had, because it was a training run, and I had already run a big week, about 96 kilometers, in the first six days of the week, so to get to the last day of the week and then run more than 80 kilometers, it was a pretty big week. But um, <laughs> yes. and then I, I just looking back now, I could only imagine like what it would have, what I would have run if I had tapered. But um, so so looking back, you sort of wish you did taper a bit more. Or? No, 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 because um, because I had a bit of a slow start to the year, just a bit of. A, not an injury, but just a setback. I just wanted to use this as a building event for the Gold Coast 100. and um, So I've sort of planned my whole year and then organising events that cater to this uh, 100k championship race. So yeah. um, doing the Oxfam and doing... There's another run called um, Run for Life. Um, and then so it's like one month apart from each race. Yep. And then they're all building up for the hundred. So this was a, a, a the six hour was a fast training run for my Gold Coast hundred. So. so a training run that turned into a national record. That's not a bad training run. Yeah, I, I was totally surprised. Like I knew what the record was, but I didn't think I was going to get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, the record holder, Giannis Kuros, he's Australia's best ever yep. ultra runner from hundred kilometres to sixteen hundred kilometres. Like phenomenal athlete so to, to beat something that he's worked hard to achieve is pretty exciting is he still competing or is, did he did he no. give you a phone call and say did no. you take the record <laughs> <laughs> no he, he's not um, competing anymore he's uh, probably 50s 60s now so okay, okay so he's actually yeah he's definitely well after 60s thereabouts so going um, forward Oh, well, going back actually, we'll go over the back of the past 12 months. We were just talking before, you've had a massive 12 months. Um, you've competed in, like I've been following you and what you've achieved and you've competed so highly over that 12 months. Give me an idea of some of the track races that you've done um, over the last 12 months. So what, what, what events have you done that are exceeding or including a marathon? Um, well, it started in January last year, so it was at the two bays, the... 56 kilometer run and it was sort of a um from that race it was um i i won that race and broke the course record and it was sort of something that i didn't see myself doing i thought it would be nice to get a, a podium as a best result but um to win that and break a record which also i didn't have my watch um but um, from that race, like getting the training in for that event, 
sort of gave me a great base for the whole year and um, yep. that race in my thoughts is probably the making of my whole year so yes. from there I carried my training through to Ironman did a Oxfam the 100 so Oxfam's 100 k's as well Oxfam's 100 kilometers so and that was in the first quarter like first three months of last year basically wasn't it so you did the yeah. 56k you did, a, did the Oxfam 100 and the Melbourne Ironman as well yeah. so you can swim and bike as well um, I'm not a great swimmer and biker definitely not a great swimmer but I had a good day on that that particular day yes and but then not a good run so um, and then I guess not having a great run on that day like I still had a lot like my recovery was super quick like I ran 60 kilometers 10 days nine days after the Ironman so unbelievable because like most people out there would do a um, would do a Sunday five six k run and then need to rest up for the week. You've done an Ironman, Melbourne Ironman, so which is for those who don't know a three point eight k swim, a hundred eighty k cycle, and then a marathon at the end. Yeah, um, it finishes down here in St Kilda, Melbourne, um, and then you back that up not only with a big run 10 days later but you had Oxfam 100 how, how many days after that was Oxfam 3 weeks or something 3 weeks or so yeah 3 weeks you backed up with another 100k ultra marathon yeah how, it was um how do you how do you do how do you get that is it all physical or what sort of any mental things you it's a it's a lot of mental like the first the marathon even the marathon you know the first 30 kilometers is physical but the last 10 is a bit more mental so you got to really develop your mental strength for this ultra stuff. Like, I guess, even for some events, in um, in theory, like you need to have a good tolerance for like uh, repetition, yes. um, especially for something like a six-hour track run. But um, just stop, stop there. So, if you're if you're listening, yeah, what advice would you have to build up your tolerance? Like, well, what sort of steps or strategies could you do if you're listening and and you're giving advice to people um, out there, what could they do to build up their tolerance and their mental strength? Um, well, you d- you've got to have a, a reason for a greater cause. So you've got to have something that is more important than, like, you've got to have a, a goal that you want to achieve. And like, if you don't have that, just say that you, you're going for a run because you want to go for a run. Like, that's not enough reason to get through such a mental state like a fatigue and yeah. and like you go through the motions of uh, you're physically tired you're physically tired like you're mentally tired like yeah. you got to have a reason to push through that fatigue so for me my reason was I wanted to better myself so you can have uh, you want to better yourself you want to even lose weight or whatever but you got to have that reason to start yeah. so if you don't have that reason then you're, you're always going to give up and how do you find that reason? What, what sort of, if I was putting pen to paper, say for me, and I was looking, or for a, you know, a John Smith out there, what, um, how do you find that reason? What sort of questions do you ask yourself, and how, how do you go about that? Well, I also find that, um, what, you know, I, I think that I'm doing this because I want to push myself and see how far I can go. I want to achieve some, some goals, and then once I've achieved that, I want to put my set the bar a bit higher and achieve the next goal so it's all about finding uh, greater more you want to find um, I want to see how far I can go like I'll, I'll achieve I've achieved a six hour run but now you know what's next I can maybe do a 24 hour run or 
you know, you can maybe I can go do a um, a, a long trail run or, yes. or something with like really challenging hills or something like that. So um, just finding the next goal and setting it up. You're always wanting to improve. Yes. Um, and then you know, just I've, I've got a coach as well, so you know, he's also giving me me um, me goals to achieve as well. So it's I want to uh, provide like an example that you know, if you want to do something, you can. You just have to have your reason for it and then you have to also want to do it yeah. you don't like my coach and I we work together in saying that if I, if he wants me to do something and I don't want to do it it's going to be really really hard and it's going to be easy for me to say no I can't do it so you got to f- try and find something that you want to that you like to do yep. and then apply yourself to that so you know I don't know anything about cars I'm not going to be a car mechanic so I'm yep. going to be something that I like to do which is running so yeah. um, just applying to whatever you like to do and then set your goal specifically for what you're good at yep. and what you're not good at so yeah so basically finding what you like really setting that goal and, and you're in particular really about the growth and getting um, that I guess that really excites you and motivates you to take it to the next level um, so people out there could really you know find what you like uh, decide, you know, t- take that up um, and then set the goals that are a bit beyond what you're achieving and I guess that's where the excitement is that's where the satisfaction comes in once you finish a 80k or a 100k race um, and then I guess this year you're going on and setting bigger goals so we are discussing before you actually um, qualified for the world titles this year qualified yeah for the world um, championships in uh, Netherlands for the 100 kilometers yes um, so I've I've qualified for that but um, I've got a couple of other goals that I want to achieve. So I want to achieve a fast marathon time. So I've sort of um, held back on on the world championships because I want my my future goal, which is the big picture. I want to qualify for the Commonwealth Games team for the marathon. So you know, having one year where I don't represent Australia for a hundred-kilometer race is it's a price to pay, but because I want to achieve this marathon, I want to do the specific training to make my marathon time faster. I've got to make my five kilometer time faster to enhance my 10 and then carry the speed through all the way to my marathon. So, you know, not doing the 100 kilometer world championships this year, it's something that I would love to do, but then again, it's something that I want, that I'm willing to sacrifice to achieve a personal goal. So yeah. So you're going to try and um, qualify. I guess it, in, in in your um, in your dictionary, your um, books, a marathon's a shorter distance for you, 42 kilometres, uh, compared to what some of the events you've done, um, and com- competing in the marathon, the Commonwealth Games. Now next year they are held at. It's in 2018. So in oh, Gold 2018, Coast. 2018. Sorry, yeah, it is too. 2018 in the Gold Coast, this that's exciting. So what sort of times do you need to get down to over the next three years? And, and I, I want to touch on it in a second. Well, uh, well actually, you might go into it now. I, I was fascinated, I love the way you've really planned it out. So you're basically planning out the next three years in a way um, to the Commonwealth Games, I guess, with the goal of um, competing in the marathon. Um, do you find planning um, and organizing yourself a really important aspect of achieving goals? Yeah, if you don't have a plan, then then you sort of fall away, and and um, you know if you don't 
have your plan. You, you know, you can do your session and then you get halfway through, you know, you can even get halfway through a year and say, why am I, why am I going, why am I doing these hard sessions or why am I working so hard? I don't know what I'm achieving. So having a goal in place keeps you on the right path. You're not going to steer away from that. And, and also um, building small stepping stones in place as well so you can actually um, measure your your performance as well and you can say, okay, look, my performance has been pretty well or my goals are, you know, I've achieved a little goal in the process of getting to my big goal. So you've got to set yourself small achievable tasks. Um, and mine is just to, you know, start with getting your 5K time down yep. and then six months time, you know, your next goal is to get your 10 kilometer time to a, a particular time that you're happy with. So it's just your small goals which you know take it one step at a time by the, by the time you finish all those small goals you're so much closer to your big goal and so that that's my my um, theory of how to achieve your your main goal so it's really having the vision so the vision for you is um, the end result is the commonwealth games and then but your focus is really on the short-term ones um so and with your short-term focus how do you really focus on um, like today, or is it really focusing on this week's work, or is it or this upcoming event? Like, how where's your focus mainly lying? Um, well, it sort of happens on a week by week basis. So, um, knowing of what what I have coming up is important for me to plan what I'm going to do on each week. But um, it's sort of each week I need to get these particular sessions in, and then by the end of the week. I have to say, okay, yeah, that was that week has put me on on my path still to what my goal is, and then and then at the end of that month, you know, I, I'm going to say I need to look back and see what I've done, and then put it in perspective of what I'm trying to achieve. So, so you have your obviously again, you're having your outcome, and then you're looking back at the month and making sure like that aligns with your goal and saying, well. I did this amount of work, and yes, that sort of ticks the box on um, aligning those activities with you know your end result. Is that how you do it, sort of thing? Or? Yeah, yeah. So I, I I try and measure what I've done, and also try and um, make it achievable. So at the start of a, a week or a month, I'll you know sit down by myself and I'll think about, or I'll go through, or even I'll I'll go over it while I'm out for a run. So I'll say. This this last month I've been really busy doing these runs or but then I've got to be able to look back and, and see if if it's achievable or if I've done the appropriate work so trying to make it specific to what you're achieving as well yes yes so going ahead um, with your weekly um, you know your weekly tasks and all the things you got to fit in Give me an outline of what your week looks like from a sort of Monday to Sunday, um, including you know your, your work hours and just for the folks out there listening, um, you know how you know Dion Finacaro's week looks like. Um, well, I run every day, um, and that, it all depends on when I'm working. So at the moment, it's um, I'm working pretty much every day. So I'm working Monday to Friday. Um, as a personal chef, so um, that's during the day, and then four 
four nights a week I'm working at night um, doing massaging as a mobile massage and also during the day on Saturday I have another massage job so I've got three jobs which I'm sort of so three jobs and and trying to or in running ultramarathons and breaking national records yeah so um, keeps you busy yeah and then so usually I'll, I'll run um, in the morning before before work um, and then what time are you up what time do you get up um, at, the, at the moment I'm getting up at around between six and seven yep. every morning yep. but um, also like some nights I'm not getting to sleep until um, I think it was Monday, uh, Sunday night I was in bed at 2.30 what time did you get up? Six or, uh, six I got up seven. at 7, seven. Yeah. Um, so four and a half hours but, sleep but often it's like on Mondays I try and have a bit of a sleep in yep. um, and I had 8 hours sleep on Monday so how many hours do you aim to get each night? I love to try and get seven. Seven. But especially on the weekends, I'm really getting like a bit, a bit less. So especially for like when I'm doing a long training run, so I'm getting up at the earliest, you know, four o'clock yep. um, in the morning for, for my Oxfam training. So four o'clock, yeah. After going to bed at like midnight. What would so. a four o'clock session involve? Sometimes do you, do you go. Um, you were saying you'll go. So some... yeah, get up at four and then out the door by about 20 past 4.30 and then so I'm off in the car to somewhere along the Oxfam trail course. Yep. Uh, usually it's around Mount Dandenong and then we run a, try and get, depending on what phase of the build up we are for it, but anywhere between 40 and 70 kilometers. So, and it's through the mountains, it's probably about 10k an hour. So. Um, that's why we start so early because we always need to be finished by 12 o'clock. The other three guys have all got wives and kids, yeah. so um, it, and you can't. It's not something that you can do by yourself. You need you need to be out there with people, especially if you're out there for seven hours potentially. Yeah, and um, now I know you have your your girlfriend. There. How how does she deal with you being away so many hours of the day? And obviously you come home a bit cranky now every now and then wouldn't you a bit tired and worn out or how do you yeah well um <laughs> how does Jackie, she cope? Jackie she's um actually really good with it um she knows how busy I am and she knows what my goals are and she um always is trying to help me and um if you know and if I've just over over um thought something or if I haven't looked over it she'll um just say oh have you done this or and also, um, just trying to help out. Like, I come home and I'm in a rush for to go out again. So in and out of the house, she'll say, "Can I get you anything?" Or um, we all, and we always have Monday nights together. Yes. Um, and we try and get a couple of other maybe days or nights throughout the week. So um, we were we were having all day Monday and then Friday mornings. But with my, now my new adjusted hours. We have Monday night together, and then trying to get Sunday night together as well. So yeah. um, I see a, um, bits and pieces throughout the week, but we don't actually have a particular like whole day together or anything. Or we don't have many nights together as well because she's obviously in hospitality as well, and yep. she works a lot of mornings, but also works all the weekends. So 
Um, it works out that Sundays I go on always doing my long run and she's working so we sort of can see each other Sunday night. Um, so your support team, uh, including Jackie, tell me how vital it is to have a good support team around you from your coach to your partner to, um, yeah, tell us folks and people listening, you know, what sort of team you got around you, even though it is an individual sport, exactly. uh, how critical it is and, and, and Tell us a bit more like about that. Like it is that. such an individual and isolated sport that, you know, you're by yourself a lot of the time and, you know, if you achieve anything, it's all individually praised for you. But, like, you, you, you can't have not, not any single individual runner can be praised for their own efforts. It's got to be, you know, all your family, all your friends, your training partners, um, your, you know, your nutritionalist if you have one or your coach or someone that's spending time of their day to help you so they might even just could even just be like you know you're, you're running along a road and then a car stops to give way to you like and any any little thing that someone does for you is helping you so you can just have uh, your coach making a specific um, plan for you for the week that yeah. he's taken time to individualize your uniqueness or it could even be you know, my girlfriend, she'll have have a snack ready for me after I finish a yeah. run or something like that. So, um, yeah, without your friends and your family, like, and you need you need people to share your success with. If you yes. don't, if you can't share it with anyone, then you know it sort of takes away from the specialty of it. So having people around to share with it, and, share was just as yeah. important. Yeah, it's interesting, and I love that how even just you said like car giving way to you something so small as that it does make an impact and um, yeah, and that's a great to see um, I guess with your team and people like your friends and family and coach and partner and so forth um, I guess they are all aware of the outcomes now they're all aware that you where you want to go with your goals um, yeah so it's important of sharing what, what you want to achieve with the people around you because you know a lot of the time there is sacrificing, oh, sorry, I can't come to this f family occasion or yep. um, or you might just be late. You know, you're constantly pushing yourself for time and it's a very um, time-demanding sport and, you know, there's a lot of, lot of sacrificing to make. So having everyone on board and know what you're actually sacrificing for they, they want to actually, and it's also nice that you're sharing your success with them. You've got to share your failures too. So even if I, I wouldn't make whatever the goal is that I'm hoping to, for the Commonwealth Games, like even if they know that what I'm trying to achieve, you know, it makes them at least they're on board and you know they can have their proud moments where, where they come, and then they can also be there for me for when things don't go well. So. Having them on board um, is really important for them to know what you're trying to achieve, yep. and then they also like they get a bit of joy out of it as well. Yeah. Just to to be able to follow or help support. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's great. So people out there who are trying to achieve big goals, whether it be in sport or business or um, other pursuits, it's you know it's vital that people around you are very aware of what you're doing, so they can understand when you. Um, have to do certain things or can't be available for certain things and I think um, it helps you avoid a lot of uh, challenges. Um, 
I guess, um, you know, in, in coming to wrapping up this sort of session, uh, for people out there who um, are trying to achieve massive goals, whether it be in sport or business, um, what would be your advice on, um, on, you know, being persistent and continuing on for long periods of time? Because you know all about endurance and, and business and sport isn't, and they're all endurance sports in the end, aren't they? Yeah. Because they do take up so many hours. What's your advice on the, the ability to keep going and, and keep uh, applying yourself day in, day out? Well, my number one is you've got to set smart and specific goals. So you want to be able to think, okay, I'm... I'm, can I potentially achieve this goal? It's not can you achieve the goal, it's will you achieve it? You're only going to achieve it if you, if you put your mind to it and you've got to set something that you actually think that you can achieve. So you say that I want to do my Commonwealth Games, you know, I want to, I want to put my little small stepping stones in place and you've got to have your support network you've got to have your plan you've got to have work to your strengths and then build your weaknesses up around it so you can have a overall like a, a strong um, performance and you also just want to anything that you don't do well in you've got to take that and learn from it so always learning from mistakes and then building up on your on your strengths as well just one thing I want to touch on quickly as well how do you bounce back from you have a say a bad day at the office in terms of your running and you just don't run well like for a training run or whatever it might be a competition even what's your what's your mindset from that because everyone has those days where you, you know yeah. you got the washing machine on the back and you're not really performing well um, how do you bounce back from that do you just are you as simply as bad day next day or what's, what's yeah, your I don't want to like I try not to dwell on things so yeah. um, you, you finish a a run and like I had a, a hard and a, not a good training run on Saturday and I know that you know there's a lot of reasons why I probably wasn't so good like because I uh, had a just a huge week last week work work wise and then um, I ran Friday night at like 10 o'clock at night and then just because that's all I could afford was yeah. 10 o'clock at night and then Saturday morning I was up at 6 to do a hard training run and I was just physically and mentally so tired so I know that you know these these things happen you have a, ba a bad run or a bad race you could you could be um perfectly fit and then just mentally just not be on it so there's a you, you just want to uh, go over your run okay this is what's happened you don't analyze it too much but you you want to find out if there's anything wrong yep. but also um, if you have a a bad day in the office just um, just come back the next day and just you know try and get back to yourself do yes. a bit better yes. but then don't dwell on your failures you just want to try and learn from it Can't in the learn. end absolutely well Dion uh, thank you very much for coming in we'll wrap it up just there uh, it, was, it was really great talking to you um, I'm sure the listeners um, got a lot out of it and um, we'll have to follow you closely uh, if people want to do want to follow your, your running um, can they is it you on Twitter or Facebook or people can follow your, your runs and so yeah forth? I'm on um, Facebook Instagram Twitter um, yep and what's your account on Instagram or Twitter people want to follow on yeah um, it's just Dion Finicario so um, just my first name um, 
and last name. Yep, fantastic. Well, we might when we put this post up, we'll um, put a link if you want. If that's okay, I want to follow yeah. you. Um, I always find it fascinating following your runs and getting very inspired by it. Um, so thank you again, um, and we'll have to catch up again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Too easy.